2: I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin.
1: And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Our theme song. Can I just say that I love yeah, our theme song. You're
4: ruining it. You're singing over. I,
3: well, I may be ruining it, but I love it. So, hello and welcome, everybody, to another episode of Really No Really. I am internationally beloved comedy superstar and uh, television icon <laughs> from Hope for, for the Laugh for Jason Alexander. <laughs> what do you mean, Hope for the Laugh? How dare you? With me today is my partner and friend, or my friend and partner, or just maybe just my partner, Peter Tilden. Say hello, Peter. Thank you. Hi, good to see oh, you. Oh, that was oh, that was exciting. That was a real greeting. <laughs> Sincere? That's Sincere? lovely. Can I just tell the audience that I'm looking at you, I'm looking at you on a camera, and y- y- you basically look like you took beets and ate a bowl of beets and rubbed them onto your face. I think you have a 106 degree fever today.
4: You You look terrible, and I mean that in a good way. How do you feel? I feel like if you don't start this and we move it on because I feel terrible... <laughs> I'm going to get in my car, as sick as I feel, drive to your house and strangle you with my bare red hands. <laughs> and that's why you're my
3: partner. Yeah, and this may be friend. COVID.
4: I don't know what it is, but I felt, I I know, felt okay. You, look,
3: you don't look good. So, you know what? We'll fake it. And that is a segue to what we're talking about today, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, carte blanche, uh, th- our topic today freaks me <laughs> the hell out, and I think it's only going to get worse. I don't think I'm going to feel better about this by the end of the episode, because today we are talking about the new world and technology of deep fakes. Now, the first time I saw this, I don't know about you, Peter, the first time I saw it, there was a Tom Cruise video online. Yep. When I saw it, I said, really? No, really? That's not-. So it turns out, of course, it's not Tom Cruise. And then the one that kind of made me crazy, and you sent it to me, and I hadn't known this was out there, you know the scene in Pulp Fiction where John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson, uh, you know, they, they go into the house and they're going to blow these guys away, and one guy's hiding out in the bathroom and comes out and shoots at them and misses everything, and that's why Samuel L. Jackson thinks there's been a miracle— they they made the actor in the bathroom Jerry Seinfeld. And they they did a soundtrack as if it's an episode of Seinfeld with the you know, but it's like it is it's Jerry Seinfeld. And I'm going, what? the hell is happening? What is going on? So it freaks me out because immediately, immediately I go to, Oh, who's playing around with my face? What are they making me do? What are they making me say? What? Cause you know, it's not like I, it's, it's not like you have to go deep, deep dive to find me doing ridiculous things in front of a camera,
4: but. And by the way, so uh, if they did it at a company for their sales meeting or they did it, a kid did it and put it out there on YouTube. How are you going to, have to what are you going to do? You're going to go after him, but meanwhile, it's out there and, and it could get a million and hits. Apparently the technology is becoming more and more available and is getting better and
3: better. Can they just start making anyone do anything?
4: Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Jason, they can. And then they'll take the fake little Jason and put him in a fake world. Like the metaverse that uh, Mark Zuckerberg is trying to create. He's struggling with it, but it'll, it'll happen from somebody. And because those places sell real estate and they have comedy clubs and they have strip clubs. Say what now? Say what? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. And how do you make it rain in the, in the metaverse? I don't know that. Well, we'll, find, we'll find out later. But Jason, let's answer all of your questions, especially the big really, no really. Can anybody make a deepfake now? Does that technology exist where you can make a deepfake at home of somebody and it's undetectable? This guy is the top guy when it comes to deepfakes. He's considered the father of digital forensics, Jason. Let's meet him and talk to him now. Let's welcome to Really Know Really, Professor Hani Farid, who is the dean and head of UC Berkeley School of Information, as I said, considered the father of digital forensics. Who better to ask about deepfakes impacting us now and in the future when we're trying to figure out what's truth and what's reality? So go for it, Jay.
3: So we're here with, what, what is your, what's your favorite? title, honey. Is
5: it professor? Is it, uh, is it sir captain? Is it uh, one of the great things about being an academic is you hold many titles. Uh, Professor is, is just fine. Honey is just fine. Um, you know, one of the, one of the great things about being an academic is we get to educate the next generation of young minds, which is always inspiring being on campus with all these really bright kids, but also really pushing the forefront in my case of where technology is intersecting and sometimes colliding with societies and with democracies, um, and that's that's really exciting being on a campus and trying to think through some of these issues without the corporate pressures of profits and so on sure. and so forth.
3: You know what? All I all I asked him is what he wanted to be called, and already we're in over my head, dude. I'm a professor. Already, I mean, I got to talk you. Now tell we're talking you, like about academics, and t- uh, 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 I just wanted to know: is it Hani? Is it Doctor Farid? Well, how do you <laughs> how do you pronounce your last hani. name, Hani? Hani so, 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 Hani,
5: hani, hani, hani Farid. Farid. Han, okay. And Hani
3: is fine. All right. That's all I wanted to know. Don't get ahead of me, honey. <laughs> Makes me look stupid.
4: <laughs> Based on that lead-in, as a, as a professor, uh, treat this as a remedial class that you're talking about. Okay? Please. Yeah. Yes. you're know, slow, slow learners. Somehow fact, we got in. Somehow we registered for your class, but we're, we're, we're slow. The hat's I'm just on a, I'm sideways. Just
3: a, I'm just a theater major, so really slow it down for me. So just for remedial purposes- yeah. For the audience, would you, in, in, in your own way, tell us what is a deep
5: fake? What are we talking about? So, what you should understand about deep fakes is that it's an umbrella term for many, many different things. Um, at its core, what it's getting at is automatically synthesized media that can be audio, that can be images, or it can be video. And by automatically synthesized, I mean, think about historically how we have manipulated audio, images, and videos. You make a recording, you cut and you splice, you add words, you subtract words. With images, put it into Photoshop. Manipulate an image, take one person's head off, put another person's head on. And essentially what deepfakes have done is automate that process using advances in machine learning and artificial intelligence. And the reason why that's interesting and important is because when you automate something, you democratize access to what has historically been state-sponsored actors, Hollywood studios, who could do very sophisticated editing. And you've now put it in the hands of the every person who can alter audio, alter images, alter video, and of course now distribute that to the world instantaneously through social media. So think of deep fakes as just an automatic way of manipulating media. So immediately what I think is, this isn't good, this is not a good
3: thing. <laughs> is it a good that's, thing? Is this, it's, uh, I mean, in its, let's, let's take away its nefarious use for a beginning, but is it, is it something that people
5: really need to do? Does it have a, a, a real purpose that's meaningful? Yeah, that's the right question to ask. So the people developing these technologies are not, in fact, nefarious. Most of them are on campuses like where I am around the world, and they have been working on these technologies, in fact, for decades in various forms in the fields of computer graphics and in the fields of computer vision with the primary purpose of Hollywood Studios and special effects. Um, that's mostly where this technology is coming from is I want to film one performer and I wanna make them look younger or older. So instead of doing the makeup and the special effects, you can do this all in post with some deep fake technology. Or I wanna swap out one face for another face To make it a different person. Imagine customized movies or customized TV shows where you can mix and match your personalities that you have attached to each of the characters. There are some technologies that are primarily being developed for nefarious purposes to, to commit fraud, to commit crimes. That's not this. It's just that. Once you peel away those Hollywood special effect applications, what's left is some pretty scary things, and I assume we're going to be talking a little bit about that.
3: Little, little film trivia from my career. Uh, if you want to see a great example of it, it's very quick. It's in the movie I did, <laughs> The Adventures, and I know this is going to create a rush to get this on, uh, The Adventures of, of Rocky and Bullwinkle, where I played Boris Badenoff, and there's a scene where I am perched on a water tower. And they never told me I was going to be perched on a water tower. And I have a tremendous fear of heights. And I'm now 80 feet off the ground, shackled to the water tower. I can't fall. But the stunt coordinator is about to leave me there so they can get a shot. And he says to me, hey, you okay? And I went, "Uh, no, I'm not. I'm I'm truly not okay. (laughs) And if you walk away, there's going to be an incident. There's going to be at least wet pants, uh, if, if nothing else. So uh, this is not going to work. And I actually couldn't do, I, I couldn't, I guess if I didn't have to act, I probably could have sat there and screamed like a, like a, like a, you know, a baby, but I couldn't act. So my stunt double went up and they had to put my face in the film. They had to put my face on my stunt double. So I was deep faked onto another
4: guy. Yeah, honey, let me ask you this. If it's, I, I started the premise of our really no really I can't believe where we are, that the deep fakes are so good that we're possibly at the point of no return. And then you just made me feel better because if they couldn't do De Niro and the Irishman where it looked, it looked real, are we still behind the curve? Like you look at De Niro and you go, what's wrong with his face? It was not, it was not like, boy, a young De Niro, how'd they do that? And, and that was a Hollywood
5: studio that didn't do a very good job. So here's what I can tell you. When you're thinking about these technologies, you always have to have to look at the, the rate of change. How are things evolving and how quickly are they evolving? And I can tell you, in now the 20 some odd years that I've been working in this space, I've never seen a technology develop so quickly. I mean, really, every three to four months, you see rapid advances in the quality and the sophistication.
4: I think there was a 17-year-old in Rhode Island who ran a candidate, right? It was a fake. and he, he ran the candidate and it registered. So now what happens really? is uh, the election's coming close.
5: Hold on, let's tell, let's tell that story. The, the, this is a great story. This is a, the, the kid is in Florida. He's a high school student. Everything's in Florida. Winter, every every <laughs> crazy ass story like this
3: is from Florida.
5: So this is a high school kid bored on his Christmas break, creates a, a fake profile on LinkedIn of a candidate for U.S. Congress in Rhode Island gets that person uh, the blue check mark on Twitter, so the registered, you know, authenticated, and gets the Board of Elections approving him as a candidate. The whole thing is fiction. Anybody out there would be out of their mind not to hire this kid. I mean, this kid is awesome. But here is the real threat of deep fakes. When you enter this world where any audio recording, any image recording, any video recording can be fake, well, then nothing has to be real. And not only is this technology...
3: Advancing too quickly for my taste. Seventeen-year-old kids are advancing too quickly for my taste. A seventeen-year-old kid on a school break decides to create a deep fake candidate for a congressional seat in Rhode Island. I was setting bonfires in the backyard with a with a magnifying glass. That was my big thrill.
4: My mother, by the way, was still clipping my gloves to my jacket so I wouldn't lose them in the snow. Okay, right, 17, exactly, so right?
3: Yeah, seventeen-year-olds creating congressional candidates for God's sake. Huh?
4: By the way, the kid said that he did it in about 20 minutes. 20, he was bored during break and did it in about 20 minutes, opened it to it because he wanted to see that they validated it because we don't want phonies. Since you're the guy when it comes to deepfakes, anybody ever come to you for help to determine whether it's a deepfake or not? On a weekly basis, I get an email from somebody, many of
5: them are politicians around the world, who have typically something around a sex tape, and they're saying, it's not me. It's a deepfake. Prove it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's probably you. <laughs>
4: um, <laughs> by the way, I love that you said pretty typically a sex tape. What you're saying is they're all sex tapes. <laughs> pretty, pretty typically. You mean like 99.9%? Yeah, down, down <laughs> Professor Fareed, you know, because
3: somebody made God. him say poopy,
4: you know. Wait, <laughs> right. here's, a, here's a guy wrestling a grizzly. This could end his career. No, I don't think so. <laughs> God. I love how you said that. <laughs> relatively most, <laughs> relatively most, yeah.
5: Wow. But but this is a, so. This is the so-called liar's dividend. That when the world can be manipulated, well, then everybody can just decide on their own set of facts.
4: What was this when I was growing up? I always got smacked. My parents could always detect a the lie. They smacked me. I'm yelling. I think I, I wish I could have yelled Liars, di- mom. Liars, dividend. Wasn't me. Yeah. Did your mother do the thing with look look
3: at, look at me in the face? Look me in the face and say, no, she'd grab-, grab
4: my face. She would make me look, look, yeah, grab my face. Uh, professor, I got to ask you, even when people find out they've been deep fake, it's stunning. Tell Jason and me, it's not necessarily really good news, right? Many, many years ago, when Kerry was running for president, before deep was even
5: on our radar screen, but we were seeing Photoshop manipulation, somebody had created a fake image of Kerry standing next to Jane Fonda at an anti war rally. And it was a fake image. It was probably one of the first widely distributed fake images on the internet. And NPR was interviewing somebody after the election. They, they and this guy said, "Would you vote for?" It? I couldn't vote for John Kerry. Why not? I couldn't get that picture of him and Jane Fonda out of my head. The interviewer said, "You know the photo is fake," and he said, "I know, but I couldn't get it out of my head." Uh-huh. And sure. that tells you something about the power of visual imagery. Is yeah. that even? Even if you can debunk it, it doesn't. it's very hard for people to undo those things. And by the way, there's evidence in the literature and the academic literature that when you try to undo a fact, it actually makes it worse. It's called the boomerang effect. So when you try to correct the record, people remember that there's a controversy, but they don't remember the sign of the controversy, and it ends up reinforcing the false narrative in the first place. So setting the record straight online is virtually impossible.
4: Whoa. Wow.
5: Honey, thank you so much. This is, oh my
3: God. Uh, this is horrifying. I want to be light about this, but I, this this is an extremely
4: concerning subject. It is extremely concerning. So, okay, I'll make it lighter. Though. I'll take you to a lighter place now. i got a quiz for you. So, here are things, and you won't know what's true or false. Here are things that you think are true your whole life that may yeah. not be true that will rock your world. You ready? Okay, but some of them are true is what
3: you're telling me. They can be true, they can be false. Some of them may be true. That's what okay. I'm telling you. I want a leg up oh, on this. Oh, you're a really good quiz. listener, you know that? I, I think that's one know... of the things I like
4: about you. You're a listener. You're from the uh, listeners, uh, as my mother would uh, say. Here we go. What? <laughs> <laughs> Shaved hair grows back thicker. True or false? You've heard that forever. Uh, that, uh, let me tell you. <laughs>
3: First of all, listen, just stomp on my heart going into the quiz. Oh, it I'm is sorry. false. You that can shame it till you, you can shame it till the was, cows come home. Was, and by was, the way, that's false. Cows don't come home. But no, it does not make it <laughs> thing. <that. laughs> all right, the great wall of China is visible from space uh everything's visible from space they can see they can see the head of a pin with these satellites of course not with not with amplification you mean with the naked eye from space so you're asking me if i was standing on this international space space station station. can you see the great wall of china would i be able to see the great wall of china yes i would but i have very good eyesight tell me i'm wrong go ahead tell me i'm wrong you're wrong you can't see no you're wrong don't tell me I'm oh, wrong. and we're, we're out. Let's there go to we go. the International there Space Station, and we'll look out the window, and yeah, we'll deep, see who's right. You're deep faking me. There you go. Swimming after eating will give you major cramps. It depends what you've eaten. According to Billy Crystal, <laughs> <laughs> Billy Crystal said his aunt used to be, or somebody, his uncle used to be the arbiter of, you know, based on what you ate, how long you had to wait. If you had, what did you have? I had a tuna fish sandwich, 20 minutes. What did you have? Spaghetti meatballs, one hour. What did you have? <laughs> Cheesecake, <laughs> you know, tomorrow. They do, yeah, you're never swimming again. <laughs>
4: right. <laughs> and by the way, think about this. My mother used to do that. My family would do that. You can't go in right away because you 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 get cramps. Have you that. ever? Have you ever? Look up death by cramps in a swimming pool. <laughs> First of all, there are 8,000 people standing next to you at three feet deep. How are you dying? You're going down, and what? What's happening? You're just lying there. Nobody's saying anything. You're cramping up so bad. Yeah. I mean, old people would be de- dropping dead in Florida every 20 minutes, because they're, well, they they're, the who- <laughs> they're the ones who cramp. It's like, wow, 80 people in the pool, and I didn't see Sylvester lying next to me for an hour and a half. It's yeah, impossible. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. impossible. All right. Um, a penny drop from the top of the Empire State Building will kill you
3: uh it it yeah i think the terminal velocity is pretty uh, yeah it could
4: can't penetrate concrete or asphalt it won't even cause serious damage to a person and even at the speed of sound really still not damage flesh it mostly <sighs> could sting a little how about that? that
3: is news st- that's a
4: really no really i did not know no, that. I, there you go you've heard because you've heard it your entire life yeah hair and fingernails continue to grow after you're dead We've been no and in after, fact right? the skin recedes and that's Look why, why it looks like oh. uh, yes uh, all right true or false deep fakes are interviewing for remote jobs. Deep fakes
3: are interviewing for remote, for remote jobs. jobs. Could the technology be that good already? Um, I would say there's probably truth in that, in in that perhaps they are not using video deep fakes, but audio deep No, or, video, video
4: deep fakes video are actually interviewing for jobs. And you know what they're doing? They're trying to get okays and be hired so they can get into IT companies, etc. And have access and passwords, etc. So the FBI is saying, "Be be careful for deep fake interviews." How about that? Well,
3: let me ask you a question. When I turn on the beautify filter on my Zoom, does that qualify as a deep fake? Because I don't look that good. I was going to say, if they've seen the real you, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm I'm the cabinet of Doctor Kilgari. Forget you <laughs> You got an H spot in the middle of
4: your head that looks like a third eye. Of course, <laughs> yeah <right>. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, it's producer David Guggenheim, aka Googleheim with either a clarification, a correction, or an explanation. Gugelheim?
6: Pronounced Caligari, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, refers to a silent horror film from 1920, considered to be a classic of expressionist cinema in post-World War I Germany. The theme, which is about the abuse of authority, features an insane hypnotist who uses a somnambulist, or a sleepwalker, for burger. Spoiler alert! All of the flashbacks are actually delusions of inmates of the asylum, where Caligari is the director. Much thanks, Guggenheim. Now go away.
0: Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington.
4: Jason, we're hearing about Bruce Willis giving a deepfake company the rights to his image, which by the way, isn't, it wasn't true. Not true. James Earl Jones signing his, not true. James Earl Jones signing his voice or the rights to his voiceover, not true. He just gave the rights to the Darth Vader voice to Lucasfilm. So when he's gone, he's 91, they can continue to do Darth Vader. You know, this is
3: the area, I'll tell you where I first became aware of this, Peter. You may remember this. There was an ad, I think, for a, a vacuum cleaner that repurposed Fred Astaire's movie where he's dancing on the ceiling of the room and all that stuff and, and put him in the commercial dancing with this vacuum cleaner. And I, the first thing that came into my head was, would he have acquiesced to this ad? And does he profit from his image
4: being used in this ad? Jay, he doesn't have to acquiesce because he's dead. Just like you're going to be one day and your grandchildren are going to run out of money. And if we may, will you take a short trip with me into the not so distant future? This is a time when all of the grandchildren of all the stars of the show have run through their money, so they're able to do that Seinfeld reunion, and why not? Your grandkids have already sold your image to check cashing, bail bonds, failed crypto, hair growth, laxatives, standing bathtubs, snoring cures, and copper bracelets. This is is an easy sell, and for a lot of money. And in this episode... In the first episode of the new batch of Seinfelds, because the heirs have sold it, you're sitting in Moe's, entirely encased in a leather S&M outfit, talking to the others, or maybe you're a serial It actually doesn't matter, because your heirs don't care. they got to check, which is why. There's also a movie, a Saturday morning go to show, a ride at Universal. You maybe you should put some in your will. I have so many problems
3: with your premise. First of all, you're a man of research. You're a man that really does a deep dive on things. It's Monk's Cafe. Monk's, oh my gosh. not Mo. I think not Monk's friend. Cafe is The Simpsons. It's Monk's
4: Cafe. <laughs> That's number one. Number two. Number two Jay, Jay, there's no number. Forget number two. Your grandkids are selling. It's a moot, moot point. They're selling you because it's easy, and you don't have to acquiesce. But bigger than that, you know what burns my buns, though, honestly? that I had to buy a fake Seinfeld jingle. They can make a deep fake Jerry, no repercussions. That's, that's fine. And maybe make him do horrible things. But hev- heaven forbid I use the da-da-da-da-da, they are coming, a- they're coming after me. <laughs> right?
3: Why can't you use a
4: sideways theme? You're absolutely right. If, he, if we use the actual
3: Seinfeld theme, we're going to pay some money. But Fred Astaire probably danced with the vacuum cleaner and nobody made a dime.
4: Oh, look, Googleheim's back, Jay. Eh? I bet he's going to address the Fred Astaire no money thing. Yes, Googleheim. Don't let
6: me down. Fred Astaire, born Frederick Osterlitz, was an actor, singer, and choreographer, considered by many to be the best dancer ever to appear in film. Upon his death at age 88, he left his wife, Robin, 46 years his junior, and a retired jockey with over 247 wins to her name. The guardianship of his image and the amount paid for the Dirt Devil ads was never revealed. Other stars used in necromarketing, among others, are John Wayne for Coors Beer, Bruce Lee for Johnny Walker, and Kurt Cobain for Doc Martens.
4: So Jay, I I get that you're really worried about the the, the deepfakes, because... Probably because they're going to do you and not me. And I get the issue, too. It's the blurring of reality and what's real, what's fake, what's truth. But what's the bigger issue for me would be a fake world, an entire fake world that you're immersed in with an ocular headset for hours a day that someone else has created just for their monetization. And yet we're, we're not in reality. Or is that our reality? And how close are they making that something so attractive that we're going to spend time there and maybe more time than we do here? So I, that's my bigger concern is the, f- the fake worlds that people are trying to create, the meta- you know, like the metaverse.
3: Well, I know Dr. Strange is there. No, oh, that's the multiverse, The multiverse. And I, I and get I, the metaverse and the multiverse confused. Yeah, that gives me a headache. So, it, what
4: is the difference? What is, do you understand the
3: difference between the metaverse uh, and the multiverse?
4: Kind of, but we'll talk about that in a moment. No, I don't. So we're going to talk with this writer, like I said, who immersed herself in the metaverse. Joanna Stearns happens to be a journalist at the Wall Street Journal. She's amazing. She specializes in tech. She was a reviewer and editor at The, the Verge way, way back. Yeah. So she knows tech. She does amazing videos, hilarious. She takes phones and puts them underwater. She takes. She doesn't want to snorkel underwater. She interviews the, the titans of the industry in an wait elevator. A minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Stutter step. What do you mean
3: she takes... Ph- I haven't seen this video. Ooh, oh, it's great. She takes a phone and takes it underwater? If some
4: said it's waterproof, what does that do? Joanna will, will test it oh, underwater. Oh, I She's testing. I see. Oh, yeah. Testing, yeah, yeah.
3: I see. You, you made it sound like she's, you know, holding transatlantic meetings <laughs> at, at, at 15 feet. I, you the know, video...
4: The video's great. And her in elevators, she started doing this elevator stuff. Because I think what happened was she was in the elevator with a tech titan one day and had a certain amount of time to ask him questions. So the Wall Street Journal started having her do interviews in elevators, which is very funny. And I know this is going to be triggering. She's also an Emmy Award winner for her documentary. Oh, for God's sake.
3: (laughs) Oh, for God's sake. They're giving them out like chiclets. I mean, everybody has an Emmy. Guggenheim, you have an Emmy? Sure you do. Working on it. Don't even lie to me. Yeah, working on it. I worked on it too. Good luck. Jason, calm down.
4: It was an honor to just be nominated.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm vibrating with honor. (laughs) So without further ado... No, she won an Emmy? What did she win an Emmy for?
4: For her documentary on death and technology. (laughs) Oh, Jesus God. (laughs) Oh, clearly
3: I was going down the wrong path. (laughs) I was trying to, I was trying to make people chuckle. If I knew to go death and you know death and technology, like uh, I'd
4: be swimming in metal. What would be really sad? and I just flashed on this. Is down the road that scenario that I proposed of them doing a Seinfeld with a fake Jason? Yeah. If the defense,
3: an, an Emmy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know how your mind works. He wins an Emmy. Yeah, that I get would be fantastic. fantastic. Let's go to yeah. Joanna. And it Joanna. turns out it's a fake Emmy on top of everything else. <laughs> on top of that. Oh boy, get over it and don't be don't be bitter. Say hi to Joanna, will you? <laughs> hi, hey Joanna. It's Jason. Nice, thanks for being here. And and uh, so please, I'm a moron. Please explain the metaverse in the simplest way possible to someone who has never been there, has no experience or frame of reference for comparison, i.e.
7: me. The metaverse is a virtual world where you, or a version of you, which is likely an avatar, we we'll talk about that later, is living in this virtual space. And you're doing everyday things in this virtual space. So you're working, you're hanging out, eating, we can talk about it. That's a little bit more complicated, but you are doing things in this virtual space, which consists of all different types of spaces.
4: Okay. And by the way, Jason, there's night, there's supposedly there's nightclubs, there's comedy clubs, there's all kinds of stuff there. So
3: you're absolutely right. And, and, and I think it was Bill Gates said that in two or three years, the majority of meetings are going to happen in the metaverse and, and, and Joanna, what do you, what what do you think? Is that, is that going to happen?
7: Okay. So I think we have to ask ourselves again, back to what is the metaverse and how I answered it is this vision that really has been popularized now by Mark Zuckerberg, who has is running a company called meta formerly known as Facebook. And in the metaverse in this vision we put on our virtual reality headsets or our augmented reality headsets, and we are an avatar. So we have customized that cartoonish looking thing. And we go to various places. We go to a comedy club. We go to the office to meet with people. We go to a movie. We go to play games, crazy games, right? Where we can swat at things and everything feels really real to us. Metaverse meetings is the idea we put on these headsets and this we meet with other avatars. And this could get really super cool in the future. Holograms, you put on your headset and sitting across from you at your desk in your real office right now, Peter, I'm, you're, you're in your office, you put on your headset and Jason pops up as a hologram. He's got digital, it really looks like him, but you know it's not really him. And so that sounds really cool, but the technology is not there yet at all. I mean, if we were doing this meeting right now in the metaverse, I would say that it would probably take you, no offense, probably 45 minutes to get there, like just to sign into things and get the headset on and get the accounts ready. Uh, it's not there. I think
4: you're being kind with Jason and me. It may take much longer than I was going to say, it takes me 45 minutes now.
7: <laughs> just <laughs> A Zoom just call. to
4: sign in to record these. A Zoom call is, we need help. <laughs> yeah. Bringing the IT crew. So what was your, I got to know, what was your experience both physically and emotionally, of spending 24 hours in the metaverse.
7: So when you try it, and I I can't wait for you to try it, you're going to be kind of blown away at how real it can feel. And I mean that in the sense that everything looks like a cartoon, so that doesn't feel real. But the presence of people in your space feels real. So right now we're talking remotely, right? I don't feel like you're in my house. I don't feel like you're sitting across from me. And so we have different body language and we are communicating differently. When you put this on, you have these physical, really virtual objects that are in your space, right? Because this is a 3D environment. You're wearing that headset. So you kind of feel like somebody's there. Like, you remember the Seinfeld episode of close talkers, like you don't want someone being so close to you. And you feel that when they're avatars, you're like, whoa, whoa, you, you know, you're, you're an avatar. Like your avatars will come in a little too close to me and invading my space. And I, I think one of the funniest things about the 24 hours in the in the, in the metaverse piece was I went to a comedy club. Okay. There's a app called AltSpace and people can build different spaces. So I went to a comedy club in AltSpace and I don't know, my avatar, I've customized it. I got nice brown hair. I put on a shirt. And I, I don't know. it's like a red shirt. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I look much of anything, but I'm standing in the front row, I guess, of this virtual club. And the, the comedian on stage starts to kind of hit on me. Right. And, and say like, "Whoa!" like I'm trying to impress the lady in the front and I'm thinking, wait, that's me. And I start feeling like, nervous, somewhat like if you were at a real show. And so this is where I'm talking about it. it. It can feel real. As weird as this is, this world of cartoons and cartoon stages and avatars, you, you kind of start feeling like, wait, am, am I really in this space?
4: Isn't that amazing? Well, The great part of that you just said to me is that even in the metaverse, people can be close to you and annoying you. That's what I love—annoyance in the metaverse. yeah. And
3: with my luck, the the, the the avatar in front of me has bad breath on top of it. They have bad breath. By the way, we yeah. should
4: figure out how to do smelling. That should be what we should. We but should. Yeah, have, what sure. we should
3: so, Joanna, you said that the best part of being in the metaverse was working out. Really,
7: really, I think working out is going to be a huge driving point of virtual reality, and that is, is that people get bored when they're working out at home. You're staring at your crowded space. You've got your home gym. You've put on the Peloton app, but you're you're kind of you're stuck in this space. Right. And maybe this was a little bit of an outgrowth of COVID. But why not do a workout class with an instructor on Machu Picchu, which is what you can do in VR right now. And it's actually great.
3: Wow. Uh, Somehow I feel like my avatar, no matter how hard my avatar works out, it's still going to have love handles and man boobs. But let me ask you, does it really, when you're doing it, do you really feel like you are on Machu Picchu?
7: Visually, yes. Like, you know, there are certain things like my dog comes and like licks my leg and I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Not in Machu Picchu unless I brought the dog with me.
4: Aside from Machu Picchu, I got to know, after spending 24 hours there, is there any long lasting impact in virtual reality that you still carry with you?
7: Over the next couple of days after that, I had some just sort of my eye eyes and headache issues because I had been staring at that at that screen or the the in the headset for so long. So there were there were some short term effects. And I do not suggest that anyone do this at home or at your local hotel. I do not suggest it.
3: I totally get that because, I you know, on the a couple of times that I've done virtual reality games after about 20 minutes in the headset, you, I'm a little nauseous. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's a false depth of field. It, it, it's just, there's something very um, jarring to your system about it. No doubt we are going to involve, evolve into people that handle it perfectly, but it is,
4: it is disruptive to at least my system. So what part. I say is, it's hard enough to get people to the gym to work out. Now, you want me to buy a headset you want me to pay to be in the metaverse. You want me to, and I'm going to Machu Picchu. There's no way. I'm, and the thing is on my head. I can't wear a hat when I work out because I sweat like a pig. I'm going to work out with an Oculus headset in the gym, jumping up and down, like I'm with a clothes talker in the gym. I don't think, I don't think people are signing enough right away. Right? Well, let me ask you a question. What if the workout, and
3: I'm, and I'm serious about this because I know they, they have it. I mean, even like we has it where you're playing again, you're playing ping pong, you're playing tennis if that were your workout or like a boxing workout right at this point in my life i'm not going to a boxing gym and and hitting a bag and sparring right but if i'm if i'm boxing with an avatar and there's no impact and i can't get hit would i do
4: it would it be intriguing i don't know i think it we'll would work just like joining a gym you put the money down you do it for 5 days you tell people how great it is second week you do it for 2 days and you're a little bit busy <laughs> by the fifth week you're going Anybody see my aqua headset around? I, where did I put my aqua headset? Did, the yeah. Ocular, so, yeah, yeah. It, I'm eating an avatar pizza. Yeah, so That's before, exactly before we let Joanna it. go, I know she has a question for you, Jason. Oh,
7: I'm sorry. This is a George question, but it's really a Jason question. How big is your wallet? And have you put all of these things into your phone? I'm assuming you have an iPhone. Do you use the Apple wallet? And is your Apple wallet as big now, as George's wallet? Um, uh,
3: I have never had a, a, a George wallet. And for those of you who, who are not necessarily Seinfeld aficionados, George had a wallet that was uh, uh, comically overstuffed and to the point where in trying to close it one time, it basically exploded. It almost spontaneously combusted. I am of the belief that if it's electronically stored, it's electronically accessed by somebody other than me. So I don't, I don't tend to put that kind of information into my
4: phone ever. Well, okay. So, so before we give our conclusion on what you think, yes. and I think
7: Hanny yes. Farid,
4: who we, we talked to earlier, who's the professor. expert? <laughs> the professor Hanny Farid. You determined that. <laughs> uh, listen to his take. I thought before we do our conclusions, it'd be good to hear sure. an expert, deepfake expert's take. Sure on the metaverse. And remember, Facebook is now meta because they're heavily influenced by this thing. Dr. Professor Sir (laughs) Hani, take it away. Here's
5: my, on a bad day, here's my impression of Mark Zuckerberg. Let's destroy society and democracy and then get everybody to strap a virtual reality headset to their face 18 hours a day and monetize every aspect of human behavior.
3: Well, when you say it that way, it doesn't sound so bad. <laughs>
5: Jeez, he's
4: all in. <laughs>
2: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: So Jay, aside from a fake universe and uh, deep fakes, you've grown up, we've grown up with fakes all our lives, like fake news, right? Fake news has been around since the beginning of time. My mom bought counterfeit stuff, fake items. There's fake art, great documentary about that called Made You Look, A True Story. Pharmaceutical fraud, like Theranos. And then you got dating bots so you don't know if you're on a dating site what you're talking to um in my world when i did radio we used to do radio stunts which were faking oh whoa oh, oh, hold on hold on producer laurie is waving flapping her hands around which could mean only one thing we have a surprise is it what mystery guest is, is the mystery guest ready yeah for me okay good morning say hi to jason
5: good afternoon hello to jason how are you doing
4: i'm
3: very well thank you i'm trying to place the voice so far
5: this is gonna set the world on fire
4: it's the former governor he's calling oh to wish my his-
3: god really no real uh, now wait 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 no, really, that's
5: a good name for the show yes really no really it is me
3: well i if it is really no really you sir i am delighted to be chatting with you do you are you have you watched seinfeld uh,
5: governor Yes, I have. It's the greatest show ever. It's now streaming. I watch a lot of the time.
3: Uh, well, I'm I'm delighted. Thank you, thank you.
5: And I, you know, I, I I had
3: a beautiful vantage point into your backyard not long ago. I know somebody who lives above you on the hill, and I saw, I think, the goat. Right? There's a goat, maybe.
6: <laughs>
5: yes, we are cutting livestock. I think I need to put a, a glass house in there for people to look into. Right. <laughs> <like. laughs> Call it nude glass house.
4: I like it. <laughs> so, so, Governor, Governor, it's so. Thank you. I'm sorry we had so much technical problem, but thank you for holding and being patient. Not a
5: problem. I just know that I do not have Google Chrome.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. Not, not to diss
3: any of the fabulous technology oh, so Jason, in which we we were. Jason, Jason, Jason.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Governor. Thank you. By the way, Jason. Yeah. This is how easy it is to do a, a deep fake. This is my buddy, Phil Hayes, who's a voiceover talent. Really? And Phil, what Phil no, does. No, really. So, no, really. So wait. So what happened? Phil, are you there? Yeah, I am. How you guys doing? All right. <laughs> Phil, so Phil does the best conversational Schwarzenegger ever. And we heard that. And in 2003, when Gray Davis was being recalled, I said to Phil, call and see if we can get him on the phone and punk him. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. And Phil gets him in the limo. Gray Davis thinks it's really Schwarzenegger calling to avert the recall. And I said to Phil, just go a minute or two and then reveal who you are. They're 20 minutes in. They're planning dinner. The couple's getting together, exercising. And they hang up after like 30 minutes. And I call Phil and I say, what did you do? He's, and he goes, I got caught up in it. I got caught up. <laughs> so I then had to call. He's a method go- actor. <laughs> I had to call Governor Gray Davis back. And he ate me and new you know what, up one yeah. side, down one side. And I said, and I ended with, so I'm assuming I can't use it on the air. <laughs> Before you go, just say goodbye, Schwarzenegger, to show everybody what a great conversational Schwarzenegger you do. Sign off and, and say goodbye, and then I'll give you credit.
5: All right. Uh, thank you so much to Peter and to uh, Jason there for being so, uh, so good. At this. It's this greatest show ever on the, on the, uh, the iPod.
3: <laughs> you know what, fake or not, we're using that as a clip. <laughs> yes, <we are.
4: laughs> he is, by the way, he's he's Batman and Tweety and Sylvester and Sonic the Hedgehog. But the best is he was in True Justice with Steven Seagal. I got to ask him about that one day. Unbelievable. And your face, I'm watching your face. Well,
3: let me tell you, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm right on that, that tightrope of going, okay, I know what our subject matter is today. and I, But I also know that we do know people that have a relationship with Schwarzenegger. And I thought, did you pull in? Something and and then I'm thinking how does he how does he relate to this topic? But I I have to tell you I hedged the bet to let's go with it. <laughs> and I saw your face; you were starting to go,
4: starting to be impressed. Well, that's the, uh, much and, like the way, much like Governor, it,
3: it brought me back to Gray Davis. And that is the thing: how believable and how willing we are to accept these things as possibilities.
4: As a matter of fact, I wonder how many times you've been deepfaked. Google Do you know how many times they've done a Jason or George Costanza deepfake? Do we know that?
8: I, I don't have an answer on that. I, I did, they did deep fake the Seinfeld cast onto the opening montage of Friends. Oh, come on. So, come so here's on. the question, Jason. Who do you think, whose body did they deep fake your face onto of the Friends cast? David,
3: don't be stupid. I'm Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> come on.
8: <laughs> who else would I be? No, you
3: know who they would make me? If, if, they, if they kept it gender specific, they probably made me Matt Perry. That would be my guess, Matt Perry, or maybe Schwimmer. But Schwimmer would be an easier Sh- Kramer.
8: No, Matt LeBlanc. Oh, I'm LeBlanc. You're LeBlanc. How you doing? Can you guess who got onto Jennifer Aniston's face? The coveted Jennifer Aniston's face. Well, if it's if it's not Julia, is it Julia? Should I go there first, Kramer? No, no. She went. She went on uh, on Monica. She got okay. Monica. Then it has to be Estelle Harris. <laughs> <laughs> You're you're not far off. Estelle <laughs> really? actually made it onto Phoebe. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, Wayne Knight was on. Uh, oh sure, was on Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> Why wouldn't she be?
4: Hello, Newman. JJ, <laughs> hey, hey, before we get your reaction, um, which I know up till now has been very very negative, you actually said in the beginning of the show that uh, you had a real concern and that uh, it freaks you out and it's only <laughs> it's only going to get worse. Yeah. So, keeping that in mind, let's take a look at the uh, let's take let's take a look at the clip. <laughs> so, all right, we just took a second through the magic of uh, pausing, and we all just watched the Seinfeld characters. Wow. defaked, I know, defaced onto the friends the friends cast. Wow, wow! Is right, right? Wow! <laughs> I look so good. I know you've got so much hair. I am so pretty as Matt
3: LeBlanc. I, you know what? I'm into this technology.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And we're out. Good night, everybody. That's all it took.
3: (laughs) I'm a convert. I'm a believer. I couldn't leave me if I tried. It was fantastic. We did a
4: whole segment on the, the potential for disaster how nefarious it is well i figured
3: much like if everything else in my life people would use my image to create havoc i didn't know they were going to create beauty <laughs> i mean come
4: on <laughs> enhance me absolutely oh that's brilliant that's brilliant <laughs> i'm so glad we can end making you happy ah! thank digital forensics expert, Professor Hani Fareed. Hani Fareed is also a senior advisor to the Counter Extremism Project, which is a, a fascinating software tool that allows companies to quickly find and eliminate extremist content. For more information, go to counterextremism.com. Also Wall Street
3: Journal tech columnist and Emmy winner. Really? No, no really? Everybody wins an Emmy.
4: Everybody but me. Emmy winner, Joanna Stern. Joanna Stern is on Instagram and Twitter at Joanna Stern. And of course, Phil Hayes our deep fake Schwarzenegger. He's an actor, a voiceover artist, a stand-up comic. He's got hundreds of TV shows and movies to his credit. You can check him out at IMDb. And of course, you can follow Really No Really on Instagram and TikTok, at Really No Really Podcast for questions. You can message us on Instagram at Really No Really Podcast. Really No Really is a production of iHeartRadio and Blase Entertainment. And most of all, thank you for listening. We release new episodes every Tuesday.
3: So follow us on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.